You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For, 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 all, things, for, for all things KC, for everything Chiefs, it's always, it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Kinnearum and Cody Tapp. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the It's Always Game Day in Kansas City podcast on this Red Friday. I am your host, Kayla Canaram. Joining me is my co-host, Cody Tapp, and our producer, Nick Schwert. Big game this weekend against the Colts, one everyone is going to be tuning into. Not really. Uh, obviously, we will as Chiefs fans. Guys, how are we feeling going into the weekend? If this were like some team you didn't cover, you'd be like, I'm not watching that game. I'm not going to watch some good team beat down some bad team who's 0-2. Looks lost, went for another quarterback and can't do it. So I guess, uh, in short, Kale, I'm feeling very good about the Chiefs' chances this weekend. I think that that's probably a fair assessment. Love I don't it, like I don't like it when you guys are so aligned. This happened in the last episode, and it forces me to be the contrarian and try to come up with an argument as All to right, good why luck. why this is a game that every football fan needs to be locked into. Right. The Colts who are 0-2 on the season. No, excuse me. They tied. Oh, one and one. They tied with the Houston Texans in week one and followed that up by getting shut out by the Jacksonville Jaguars. They have lost the Colts have lost eight straight games in Jacksonville, which is just an astonishing number for a franchise that has been objectively better than Jacksonville over the last <laughs> eight seasons. So um no, I won't do it. I'm not going to take a stand. I am united with you guys. This game feels like it's going to be a beatdown by the Chiefs, you, right? Nick, you had said the thing that's like the key. It's like, you know, I mean, football, that's essentially like the only argument I've heard for the Chiefs are going to lose is, you know, football happens. You're like, yes, I'm aware. Or, you know, trap game. You can't just say trap game and pretend it's a trap game. That's not how it works. What is, is Kayla, I think the only thing that the Colts, we can talk more about it in a minute, but I think the only thing the Colts might have going for them is desperation. They reek of it. They have got to be desperate because they don't have a win in a really bad division, and they look awful. They didn't score a single point last week against Jacksonville. Yeah, I think the only thing we should be afraid of is them wanting a revenge game. Not against the Chiefs, just against themselves from last week and the week before. Um I don't know. Something about that scares me when we go into a game overly confident. We're coming off an extended period of time. Um, that's the only concern I would have. And, of course, whether or not, which it looks likely, Michael Pittman is likely to play. Um, he had a great game one. So shutting him down. But other than that, not a lot of concern here. I, I guess the the long break thing, I always thought of that as like, that must be an advantage for Andy Reid, right? He's so good after the bye week. We've, we've given that record a million times. I don't remember it now, but he's like, he's 15 and two after a bye. And he never loses those games. He is only five and five after a Thursday night game. That's kind of surprising, oh. right? You would think like all the time in the world, Andy with 10 days, his team's healthy. Nah, I think it kind of maybe takes his teams out of sync a little bit. You know why? Andy is a creature of habit. Even a bye week has habit. They just take it off, and then on Monday they show up, and it's normal. On Tuesday they show up, it's normal. You know, the Thursday night game, it doesn't do that. You're on the short week, then this extended break, then you're not back in a normal amount of time. I don't think it throws it off. But the only thing, like you're saying, hey, they're other than they're motivated to not end their season, because their season might very well end, 
if they lose to the Chiefs, they're 0-2-1, and they don't have a win three weeks into the season. It's probably more dreadful for the Titans and Raiders who play each other this weekend and can both end their seasons. But I'll, I'll give you one thing I'm actually afraid of for the Colts, and it's not Jonathan Taylor. He can get his own. He's a little bit like a quarterback. He could go for 180 yards, and the Chiefs could still win. The guy who scares me is Michael Pittman Jr. The He is a big man. Mm-hmm. And he can get whatever he wants seemingly at times last year. And this is usually the year that wide receivers take leaps. And if I aggregate it over the last two seasons, there have been some big wide receiver performances that have helped the Chiefs lose. You know, I it's weird. I I, I think you kind of said it tongue in cheek, Kayla, when you talk about desperation, right? The Colts wanting to get revenge after such a a horrible start to the season. And I sort of, I go back and forth on that because part of me is like, yeah, you know, if I'm sitting there 0-1-1 and and knowing that you're big underdogs against one of the best teams in the NFL, you lose that game, your season is, for all intents and purposes, over, right? You start 0-2-1, and you're not going to the playoffs. In the AFC South, maybe, but... (laughs) But it's just like, in general, in general, it's like, you're going to feel like you have completely flopped to start the season, which I'm sure they're already feeling... But then the flip side of me says, so are we to assume that they weren't motivated to start the year against the Texans? That after tying the Texans and going to Jacksonville, they weren't like, okay, let's get back on the right track now. If you're waiting till week three to feel the desperation, you've waited too long. You had you had a golden opportunity to start this year 2-0. and So maybe you're just a bad football team. Like I know that the Colts were a sort of sexy pick when they picked up Matt Ryan in the offseason because we thought... That was an upgrade over Carson Wentz at quarterback. It kind of just feels like it's the same thing they've been for each of the last two seasons with Wentz and then Rivers the year before that, which is I see the pieces. I see Jonathan Taylor. I see Michael Pittman Jr. I see Shaquille Leonard defensively. They've got nice pieces everywhere, but for whatever reason, they still kind of feel like a middling team that might actually be bottoming out this year. Well, because any team that leans on the run to win is a team that you can barely take seriously in the NFL. Unless it's, you know what? Unless it's Kyle Shanahan. I will leave a one, I will leave a one-time exception for any Kyle Shanahan-led team. Look at the playoff teams from last year. The Cincinnati beat Tennessee. Tennessee relies on the run game with Derrick Henry. They lost. They can only score 16 points. Obviously, the San Francisco 49ers did it. Every other team is Stafford and Brady and Allen and... You know, it's it's a who's who of good quarterbacks. It, it's just like if you're behind and you don't have the quarterback, it just makes it hard to kind of make up that difference. And honestly, I can't believe I'm saying this, but through two weeks, Carson Wentz looks like the better quarterback. They were happy he was gone. Like Carson Wentz is what second in the NFL in passing, and they actually have a win somehow. So I mean, I, look, it's not by much. They're, it's not like they're. They're playing great, but they're better than the way the Colts are playing. I, it's, I just keep circling back around. If I talk myself into it, it's got to be like, okay, Michael Pittman gets 150 yards and Jonathan Taylor's unstoppable. And the Chiefs offense, like we saw against the Chargers, is more out of sync than it was against them, even though the Colts defense is okay. And so it's just like, it feels like it takes too many things to all go wrong. And we saw games last year, Nick, where we said that, hey, it's going to take everything to go wrong for them to lose this game. And the Chiefs won a couple games like that last year, where they were like fumbling punts and turning the ball over, and they still beat bad teams. Can we play a little impromptu game? We've never played a Please. game. Please. 
Okay. We did trivia the last that time. That just reminded me. Facts. I forgot to bring my fun fact today, you guys. That's a, there's time. There's time. Just okay. yeah, we're we're early. We're early in the show. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna play a game for you guys. Uh, the game is called "Is this an Indianapolis Colts player who caught a pass last week in Jacksonville, or is it a guy selling insurance in your hometown?" <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, first guy, Austin, or excuse me, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher some of these names. Ashton Doolin. Oh, um, Ashton Doolin. Uh, I'm going to go cold player, but not with any certainty. All right. Five catches for 79 yards last week. Five oh. catches. So put some respect on Ashton Doolin. That's like great okay. dorched from that. That on my radar. <laughs> uh, uh, Desmond Patman. Uh, that's an insurance agent, right? No, that's also an Indianapolis. Cold <laughs> player. Yeah. He had two catches for 24 yards. Mike Strachan. All right, you guessed this first time, Kayla. I'm, Colts I'm player. Colts player, that is correct. One catch for 23 yards. Uh, last one for you guys, Kylan Granson. Kylan? Are they all Colts players? Is that the thing here? You made maybe a trick here. Every single one of these guys is a Colts player who caught a pass last week, and the Indianapolis Colts scored zero points in Jacksonville. Zero points. Uh, my point being play. is that I don't know... I don't know who is on Indianapolis's offense other than Matt Ryan, Jonathan Taylor, and Michael Pittman. So even if, even if Michael Pittman is the guy that scares you, well, he's a big, strong receiver. Guess what the Chiefs have at their number one cornerback spot? Big, tall, rangy cornerback, Legarius Sneed. Now, I don't know if he's going to shadow him the whole day. They don't usually but if do that. That's, if, if you're... If your strategy is we're going to run the ball 25 times with Jonathan Taylor and then we're going to chuck it up to Michael Pittman 15 times, good luck. Because if either one of those things don't work, you have no chance against the Chiefs. Do you guys think this is a game where our defense really shines and builds on what we've seen last week? I mean, I feel pretty, I get, you know, I hope so, but they're also without, uh, you know, Trent McDuffie still, and I, you know, like we can say without Pittman, but that didn't matter. And I don't know that I want to like make the world about it, but they're now without Michael Dana at the moment. He didn't practice again today. They signed a defensive end off of the Rams practice squad. That indicates to me, he's not going to be available for Sunday. And whether we think Dana's a star or not, he was their third best pass rusher last year. He's probably their fourth best this year. So I don't know. It just, it has me circling back around to relying on Frank Clark, a place I don't like to be if we're, if we're being honest, I don't I don't particularly enjoy it. But Kansas City's rush defense also hasn't been bad. Like Kansas City's rush defense is the seventh lowest yards per attempt so far this season. It's super, super early, but they, you know, they've done okay in that. Now, some of that's probably because teams can run. Um, but when they, you know, they were trying to run at some point in those games and they still did a better job than you might think. So I, I think it could be a good day for the defense. Yeah. Well, to put it in perspective, this is what the Jags did last week. The Colts were 2 of 10 on third downs against the Jags, totaling 218 yards. The Jags pressured Matt Ryan 14 times. Ryan was 2 of 9 for 18 yards and three interceptions, sacked five times against the Jags. So what's going to happen <laughs> this weekend? Uh, I mean, they, they just look out of sorts. No, they look lifeless. They look yeah. lifeless. They, they look not out of sorts because out of sorts would suggest that if they make a few adjustments, they're right back on track. This does not look like a team that's about to get right back on track. I mean, honestly, who could have seen it coming? Who could have predicted 
that acquiring an aging 37 year old quarterback and putting zero passing weapons around him would, would result in such a horrendous start to the season. You know, they saw, this is, um, this is the Matthew Stafford paradox. It's going to get a few teams trapped. And thank you for that because they saw, they're like, look at all these really good players we have. They just added Matthew Stafford, a guy who was floundering in Detroit, and he made him win a Super Bowl. And you're like, first, they have Aaron Donald. Second, their coach is better than yours. They have Sean McVay. Also, they had Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. and a better offensive line than you. They had all the things besides, they had all the other things better than your team, too. Not just we found old quarterback. And even they didn't even go as old as Matt Ryan. They did like the worst version, didn't they? There's older, like they went older. They went like, what if we got Matt Ryan, but throws the ball less hard and well? <laughs> well, that's not a good strategy. It's not as it's not as if Matt Ryan was playing good football on a bad team last year in Atlanta, right? Because that was always the thing with Stafford. It's you can see he's good, you can see the talent. He's being held back by ineptitude around him. Whereas Matt Ryan, like I get it, Calvin Ridley was injured, but the dude threw for 20 touchdowns and 12 interceptions in a full season. Didn't exactly scream. This guy just needs a fresh but start. If you just look at the stat line, that's why they got trapped. Stafford in his final year at the lions had 4,084 yards, 26 touchdowns and 10 picks. And you tell yourself that and you're like, well, that's not a great season. Um, when we're looking at that. And then you go to the last year in the Falcons and you're like 20 touchdowns, 12 picks and almost 4,000 yards. They were just convincing themselves that Matt Ryan was being held back and what were the flail ends of a bad football team and he would be better with them. Because Stafford showed up to L.A. and he threw 41 touchdowns and like 4,800 yards. Stafford's way younger. He overall, I, I agree, but like, you know, Matt, Matt Ryan is also a former MVP. Like he's a former MVP. Like, I mean, so there was reason to think that it's it's there, but it just it's older and your team's not as good. It's, it's a lot of reasons why it doesn't work. Okay, so going back to Kayla's question about the Chiefs defense, run defense specifically, because yeah. we know whether or not Pittman's in there, Jonathan Taylor's still going to be the focal point of that offense, right? They're going to try and get him going. What What's the line to which, like, what's the amount of success Jonathan Taylor individually would have to have in order for the Colts to, like, keep this one competitive? I mean, for reference, last week he touched the ball only 10 times for 63 yards. That's shocking. Yeah. That their best player touched the ball 10 times in a shutout loss to a divisional rival. My guess is 25 carries for 200 yards and two touchdowns to win this game. Somebody think it's less than that? I'm going to take my over-under that he can do less than that and still win? Because I don't think, because even if you think that Michael Pittman has a big game, right? Let's just say you think that he he he, he, go, he gets loose a couple of times, kind of like Mike Williams did last week. I don't trust Matt Ryan to the extent I trust Justin Herbert to dice up the Chiefs yeah. secondary for four quarters. He's not going to do it. Matt Ryan is not going to go and beat the Chiefs defense by himself. The only way they do it is if Jonathan Taylor has some explosive plays running the ball. On the flip side, in a tie against Houston, he rushed for 161 yards and one TD. <laughs> in a tie, in, in a overtime. Tie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like he was really good in that game. It didn't matter. Ten carries yeah, for he, 60, 10, six, 10 carries for 60 yards is objectively great. He averaged six yards a carry. <laughs> That's good. 
I saw, um, I think uh, Shield Kapati of the Ringer had this. The Colts have been outscored 44 to 3 in the first three quarters against Texan, the Texans and the Jaguars. You don't get off to a, because we know this, Chief probably going to put seven on the board in the first drive, right? Yeah. That's what they do. The first 15, Hopefully. the scripted plays, they come out, look like a well oiled machine. It's the second quarter when you start getting to, you know, the in game play calls where the offense tends to slow down, historically speaking. But you get off to a slow start against the Chiefs, you're not coming back because at that point, you're going to ask Matt Ryan to start chucking the ball around the field. He doesn't have the arm and he doesn't have the receivers. All right. So we're aligned. We don't think an upset is going to happen this weekend. Unity. Unity. Right. Wow. I love that. I we can't should have wait. said that in unison. It was a missed opportunity. We could have been <laughs> unity altogether. One, <laughs> two, three. Unity. Unity. Oh, we oh Nick. Did I mess it up? <laughs> yeah. You were the worst for sure. Okay, well, we don't need to get into ranking who was the best and who was the worst. <laughs> I can fix it in post anyways. We're good. He's going he's gonna to edit this. And then <laughs> this is the moment right here. That's what you hear us say unity together. What, what a nice effort, Nick. Thank you. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, this will be the second game without our young and beloved Trent McDuffie. As we know, Michael Pittman Jr. looks like he's on track to play for the Colts on Sunday. Do we feel good enough about Jalen Watson and what we've seen from him? You know, it's going to be tough for him the same as it would be for any McDuffie too, because they're not really the size to to easily handle a guy like Michael Pittman Jr. A few corners in the league are. But I, I'll say this is that after watching Jalen Watson last week, I'm pretty confident that by the end of the year that this is going to be the team's defensive strength. Like this will be the part of the team that we're the most confident in, which is not that's I'm surprised by that because I didn't feel good about it going into the year. But when I watch them play now, Watson can play. That's what you didn't know going into it. Even if Fenton's in, not any good, Trent McDuffie had 25, uh, tar he had 25 snaps in that first game, zero targets. So he was doing his job. Jalen Watson had a really good game. We know Snead can play. And Rashad Fenton is your fourth corner, means you're deep. So to me, it's like in this game, am I still worried about it? Sure. Against Buffalo, terrified because they're still not going to have, well, I don't know, they could have by then Trent McDuffie, but. That would be at the earliest possible estimates of the injury. But I, I think there's a chance by the end of the year we could be talking about this as defensive strength. Because to me, it's just them or the linebacker. Unless we think that, you know, I think the, the safety's been fine. But I don't know that I'll ever end up thinking it's the strength of this team. All right. In order to answer this question, um, I want to play a game. It's called Colts Wide Receiver or Insurance Salesman <laughs> from Your Hometown. I have to look up all their names again. Dude, I mean, come on. You're all wide receivers. Like, am I worried? About, okay. You just said it at the end there. If they were playing the Buffalo Bills and I've got to see Jalen Watson again for four quarters, yeah, I'd probably be a little worried. But it's the Indiana. Th this might be, outside of Michael Pittman, this might be the worst collection of pass catchers in the NFL. The more I look at this roster, the more I'm like, is this the worst team? Is this the worst team in the NFL? Ashton Doolin. Like, that's who Jalen Watson's going to be covering on Sunday. Ashton Doolin, a guy who we're not 100% sure is actually a real NFL player. Kylan Granson, who I believe is actually a tight end. Bring back Marcus Cooper, quite frankly. Like whoever you think are the like the 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 cornerbacks that give you nightmares, the Chiefs cornerbacks of yesteryears, bring them all back. They can play in this game and I don't think I'm going to be concerned about slowing down the Colts offense.
I mean, I don't know, man. That guy you named whose name I don't remember, he had 79 <laughs> yards, Nick. That seems scary. No, it's – I don't know. It's The quarters, do you actually think that they – I mean, am I the only one, Kayla, you, Nick, that, am I the only one who thinks by the end of the year we're going to be feeling significantly better than we did at the beginning of the year about the Chiefs' cornerback room? We are aligned, Cody. I think it's – maybe, maybe it's just Watson, but, I, you know, like Watson well, can play. You can, if you can get – because think about the – how important the cornerback position is, right? If you're ranking the importance, quarterback, pass rusher, wide receiver, left tackle, cornerback is in that that sort of elite five where you got to have talent at that position. If you ended up getting, even if Jalen Watson's not like a long-term starter for the Chiefs. But he's a third corner. If you get a guy who can play every week in the seventh round, where uh, uh, a round where most guys don't even make the roster, that is such an incredible value pick that most teams just don't get. So, I mean, yeah, I think that in and of itself makes you much higher. But the guy who's not playing, Trent McDuffie, I think will ultimately decide how we feel about this room at the end of the year. Because you traded up to get him. You traded up to get him in the first round in a year where you knew there was going to be some roster turnover, specifically defensively. And you knew he was going to be thrust into a starting role right away. So unless Jalen Watson by the end of the year proves that he can be an every down starter, like that, talk about really upping the value there, then we're always going to, I think, make our decision on this secondary based off how McDuffie looks. If they're right now, really, we just don't know. If they both look really good, this is like so long. We could talk about this in like March if we wanted to. <laughs> if they both look like they can play the entire year, you could sign Legereus Need to an extension and still have one of the cheapest cornerback rooms in the entire league. He would he'd be the only guy you're paying. Fit, yeah. Right now, they are the cheapest. What's amazing about this is they are highly produ- they look like they have a chance to be highly productive, and they are not um who are they paying? Legereus Need is on a fourth round rookie contract. Uh Rashad Fenton's on a sixth round rookie contract. He hasn't had an extension yet. Trent McDuffie's on a first round rookie contract. He's the highest paid guy, and then you got a seventh rounder. Nobody is making any money in the corners. Not a single player, which is, you know, this goes back to the same thing. as like, if you're going to have Patrick Mahomes and he's going to be expensive, you need cheap players. They're not paying a single person in the secondary. They don't have to do that next year. Guess what? They can spend their money. Defensive end, edge, pass rush, wide receiver. It doesn't matter. They can spend their money wherever the hell they want next year. It doesn't have to be corner if all of a sudden Jalen Watson can play. Well, I think it too, like you look at the teams that scare you or the teams that I guess will provide tests. Look at who they've had to play so far. They played the Cardinals without DeAndre Hopkins. So it was Marquise Brown and a bunch of dudes. You played the Chargers without Keenan Allen. So it was Mike Williams and a bunch of dudes. Now you're playing the Colts, Michael Pittman and a bunch of dudes. Next week, it's Devontae Adams. Well, I guess Hunter Renfro, who to me is just another dude. If there were a time to A, find out what you have with these young corners and B, be able to sort of get by without one of your top corners, like this is the way you would want the schedule to break, isn't it? Yeah. One guy that you got to guard in every matchup. We don't need Because look at the best offenses in the NFL. They all got two guys. They all at least two receivers or pass catching threats that you have to account for. And the Chiefs won't face any of those sort of teams the first month of the year, and unless you unless, want to throw the Raiders in there with Waller, or if or if the Bucks get healthy and Godwin and Evans both Ooh. play, but Godwin's been hurt, so 
And I don't know that that duo is still very good, but I don't think it's what it was two years ago. Like it's not, you know, mm-hmm. it's still very good, but it's not what it was two years ago. And Godwin's having injury issues. We know Mike Evans will be back. He only got that one game suspension, but I was kind of keeping my fingers crossed. I was like, come on, give him two. This is the second fight. He got one game for the first one. Give him a second. You were just so appalled. <laughs> I just kids, Nick. What was I going to tell my kids about this fight between Marcus <laughs> Lattimore and Mike Evans? How will I explain to them this violent act on the football field? Honestly, I'm surprised he even appealed it. It's one. It's one game. You're like, just just take the one game and move on. His explanation afterwards was great. They were like, so what did you see that made you want to run out there and and you know shove Lattimore like that? And he said, I don't really know. I just I kind of saw him yelling at our guys. So I decided now would be a, my good time to get my annual punch on Marcus Lattimore in. <laughs> <laughs> guys, do we believe Eric Bieniemy when he says that Sky Moore is getting more snaps moving forward for the record? He's had 13 snaps, one reception for 30 yards thus far. That's not great. He had no. two, two in the last game against the Chargers. This is what I'm going to tell you. Kayla, you work for uh, you work for the you work for the Kings, right? Correct, I do. So, um, are you aware that sometimes professional teams lie? <laughs> what? They lie sometimes. They don't tell the truth, or they tell half truths, or they, you know, they like to say things that sound good but aren't always the truth. This, this is one of those. Yeah, he might have more than two snaps, but he wasn't involved in the first game. He only had the number of snaps you had mentioned because they were blowing out the Cardinals, not because he was getting in the game early. He wasn't getting in the game early. He showed up a majority of his snaps late. And in the last game, in a close game against the divisional opponent, he showed up zero. He's just a kick returner right now. I don't know, maybe wake eight or nine. But if, if Eric Bieniemy is trying to lead me to believe that this is the Sky Moore coming out party a week after they only gave him two snaps, I don't think so. Justin Watson got more than that. Justin Watson is not supposed to be a player who outsnaps a lot of players on the roster, and he's outsnapping their second-round rookie. So, I mean, no, I, I don't, I don't believe it. I don't know if it's a, I don't think it's as bad as the Eric Berry day-to-day lie, but I don't, I don't think he, they're telling the truth. I don't think they have like a big plan to get Sky more involved more. I'm sure they'd like other teams to think that, but right now he's not even, he's barely playing. What do you think? It's just a trust thing that he doesn't know the playbook, yeah. and they don't trust to put him out there. Yep. Look, they're trusting a bunch of rookies on the defense. If they trusted Sky more, they'd play him, right? They they they're, they're playing seventh round rookies at corner. We just talked about they're playing. They played rookie linebackers last year and rookie centers and guards. A sixth round guard and Trey Smith was their starter last season. Clearly, right now the the notion that they will not trust a rookie that's starting to fade a little bit for Kansas City. Sky Moore can't get on the field. No, so, I mean, that's but that's not necessarily fair, is it? Because we saw McCole Hardman play a ton his rookie year. Yes, again. I'm not even saying, like, that's what's concerning about Sky Moore. No, it's not about that. It's they don't trust him. Not that they don't trust rookies. They don't, I was giving an example of all the rookies they will play. Mm -hmm. They, they don't, they don't trust him. It's not, it's not a rookie thing. We don't get to blame it on that. Oh, Andy doesn't play rookies. He's found more snaps and more designed, like, because with with McColl, the thing they did with him, Nick, is they just put him on the field and they're like, all right, you're good. We're, you're fast. You're athletic. We're going to find a way to just give you the ball and make something happen. They're not even doing that for Sky right now. Yeah, part of me thinks that this is another example of Andy and and maybe the enemy to a certain extent where I think deep down they plan on playing Sky more. more. Yeah, no pun intended. 
I think they tell themselves like, yeah, let's let's get the rook out there. And then the game starts. And then they're looking at personnel groupings and he's just never in the group of the guys that they trust right now, whether it's route running, whether it's just simply knowing the playbook. I think part of them is like, yeah, we need to get him out there more. Like when when the enemy said that we need to find ways to play him more because that kid's got a lot of talent or whatever the the exact quote was. I think he means that. I think he looks at this kid in practice and said, okay, this guy can help us. But then ultimately it's a trust factor. You got a lot of veterans. I know a lot of these guys are new to the team, but Juju's been around for six years, right? MBS has been in the league for five years. It's probably year three or four for even Justin Watson. Yeah. So like these guys, they just have that built in experience of playing wide receiver in the NFL that sky doesn't. It's not that he's less talented than them because he's probably not. He might be the second or third most talented player on this team. But right now for a team that is trying to accrue wins, win the division, get to the playoffs, get a one seed, get a bye, go to the Super Bowl. I think impatience sets in really quickly. And I think that is what is sort of leading to him not playing right now. So I don't know, maybe if there were ever a game for them to be force themselves to be patient and let him learn through his mistakes, wouldn't it be a game against the Colts that you expect to win by a lot? Sure, but will yeah. it take them getting up 14 nothing, Kayla? I sorry, you're gonna answer, but does it take them getting up 14 nothing to actually do that, or will they try from the beginning? I mean, it's the Colts, so why not go from the beginning? Let's see what he's got. Look, I hope you're right, Kayla. I think it'd probably be a good idea because there's one thing we know about the Chiefs, and it's that week three against the Colts doesn't really matter. It's what kind of team they are when the playoffs start. They're going to the playoffs. They're obviously good enough to go to the playoffs. I understand that some games in between there matter. AFC record matters. They're trying to be the number one seed, all these things. But it's week three. And in the end, the only thing that matters to the Chiefs is how good are you when the postseason hits? Because all you care about now, they are officially in the very few teams in any league where the the only thing that matters is winning a Super Bowl. That's it. So it's like, I mean, you might need Sky Moore for that. I don't know. Okay, let me know. But let's... Let's explore that a little further. Do you think Sky Moore and his performance and his role on this team this year significantly impacts the Chiefs ceiling or their chances of going to and winning a Super Bowl? It doesn't. It, um, uh, boy, uh, significantly. <laughs> it's a bit of a stretch. Kayla, I can see you're nodding your head no, too. It, it's, it's not. If he's great, yes, Nick. But that's the only way it does. If they just get him more involved and he's a 500-yard receiver, then the answer is no. But if he is great, if he has a chance to be great, if there's potential for that, if he can be an 800-yard receiver, yes. And then we can play the long game too, probably. But that's there. I could see you shaking your head, Kayla. It's, Let me like, get- it's kind of hard, right? Yeah, as of what we've seen so far. Granted, again, going back to the snaps, but I don't see him being the difference in a Super Bowl or not. So let me, I was, Certainly. I was actually, I saw a clip actually yesterday on social media uh, of Nicole Hardman's rookie year. And I think it was like a, a week three or four game against the Ravens and the chiefs won, but there was a play where the chiefs were backed up against their own end zone. McColl gets loose across the middle, catches a ball between two defenders and then just runs past everybody. And he takes it to the house, 83 yard touchdown. Like that play was just one play, right? But that was a big reason why the Chiefs won that game because one play with that speed, with his skill set, he could swing the outcome of a game. 
So that's all we're really asking about Sky. It's not, are you going to be in there every single week as the number three receiver playing 60% of snaps? That's never going to happen. If those are your expectations, you got to change them now. To me, the question is, are there going to be a handful of games this year that he can help swing because of his skill set? And it's almost impossible to answer, right? Because we haven't even seen enough of him to know what his ceiling is as a receiver in this offense. And, and I'll say this. It's, it is two games. The snap stuff is more concerning. He's got more yards than George Pickens. Like, I mean, rookie receivers can take a while to get going. So it's not that I'm just saying, like, there's no way. And you might be right, Nick, to the point that they're not intentionally lying, but it's clearly like when they're getting to the game, they're not making these decisions very easy. So it's not like he's the only rookie receiver off to a tough start. There are others. And, and you know, guys like Drake London, who are having a nice start. Uh, he's having a nice start for the Falcons. Well, I mean, he was the eighth overall pick. He's supposed to have, you know, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. They, you know, they went in the top 15. They're having nice starts to their seasons, right? There's a reason. Jahan Dotson, he was picked in the top 20. Like, there's a reason why some guys go higher than others and are in there. I think that that's what I was trying to remind people anytime we were having this, like, like when Sky Moore was like the third best, uh, best odds to win rookie of the year. I'm like, are you insane? He was the 13th receiver taken in last year's draft. Like, I know he's walking into the best offense, but... It doesn't compute. I know that they don't have a murder row lineup of wide receivers, but they got a lot of good ones. Maybe they don't have any great ones. We'll see how Juju ends up this year, but they got a lot of good ones. You've got a lot of good ones. That's 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 hard to beat out to. You'd rather just like, oh, we have one great wide receiver and a bunch of bad ones. This guy more probably get more time. All right, let's turn our attention back to this weekend. As we know, we're getting ready to face Gus Bradley, a de defensive coordinator that the Chiefs are super familiar with by now. Guys, is he going to screw this up for the Colts? Yes or no? Here's a few stats before you answer. Um, Gus Bradley's plan against Mahomes doesn't work. Warren Sharp with a tweet. Here we go. Patrick Mahomes has played Gus Bradley's defenses seven times. In those seven times, he's had seven TDs, two interceptions. Bradley's Colts D has allowed a 72% completion rate to start the season, ranking 31st. And let's not forget that came against Davis Mills and Trevor Lawrence and a few more numbers for you guys. Versus Raiders D, when playing single high last year, Mahomes went. We had one punt and a 41-14 KC win with zero defensive touchdowns and one punt and a 48-7 KC win with one defensive touchdown. And your so, answer is? <laughs> well, it'd be pretty I, tough to argue in one direction based off the numbers you just gave. Look, I got to be honest. I don't think single high is working, Gus. I know you said that it was, but I'm going to at least start there. That disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think that's working. Nick, I mean, there's, there's no, we, uh, we've both been covering sports. You, you, uh, you worked in Lawrence for a long time. So you covered a lot of college sports. Um, you know, I've covered the Chiefs for a long time in this city, almost a decade. And if there's one thing I have figured out more, more so than head coaches, defensive coordinators do not change what they like to do. Spags blitzes, wink, blitzes. Gus Bradley runs single high and he will again. I, did Monty Kiffin ruin it for everybody when he just coached till he was like 80 running the same defense forever? And yeah. he's just like, hey, look, I never changed. And look at me. And Wade That's Phillips. 50 like years ran, in the NFL. Yeah, Wade Phillips ran a really similar defense the entire time it always worked. Just so happened he always had one of the best. It's like he always had Champ Bailey and Jalen Ramsey. I'm like, well, I guess that would work, wouldn't it? I don't. <laughs> I think I think defensive coordinators always assume if they get the right personnel that their scheme will work. 
But the problem why this is why they can get fired eight times, go to eight different NFL teams, and they're just going to keep running the same stuff. What are they going to do? Go back and learn something new? Why is that? Why are offensive coordinators constantly like innovating and finding new things and wrinkles to add into their offense? Meanwhile, defensive coordinators like no. If you're, no, looking, if you're looking, I'll for never little, change. <laughs> it's just who they are. I think it's because they always think their system is better than the players, and on defense, maybe that plays a little bit more. But it's you know the reason why his system worked is because he had great defensive players. He was the head coach in Jacksonville. They ran his defensive system. They had Jalen Ramsey. He was the defensive coordinator in Seattle before he'd gotten that head coaching Jacksonville. He had the Legion of Boom. Then he showed up and he was the Chargers defensive coordinator for three years. Then the Raiders last year. Now the Colts this year. He has been a defensive coordinator for three different teams in the last three seasons, all of which lose to Kansas City, all of which lose to Kansas City consistently. And then he was, I mean, he was like at the podium. And people were like, Gus, man, l- listen, are you going to do this again? And he was like, yeah, hell yeah, I am. That was pretty much, that was pretty much how it went. Like he was just like, that's just works. I, I- Dramatic reenactment. <laughs> that's, that's not the exact phrasing <laughs> the way it went. That's Nick. You want? That's pretty much how it went. I think I was pretty close. Well, you know what's shocking about it <laughs> is that if you're if you're a team in the AFC that has you know big aspirations, the Colts. I mean, the Colts fi- figure to be a division winner. Or they hope to be a division winner, which means you hope to go to the playoffs, win some games, and maybe you know, go to the AFC Championship game, go to the Super Bowl. If you're in the AFC. you're scouting the Chiefs. Everybody's scouting the Chiefs. They're not a new phenomenon. They didn't just show up yesterday. For four years now, everybody's been trying to figure out how to slow down the Chiefs. And last year, for the first time, albeit for about half a season, we saw defenses finally have success against the Chiefs' offense. It is shocking to me that you could be a defensive coordinator for a contending team in the AFC and not pay attention to that. Or just not care. You Maybe you saw it and then you just dismissed it and said, that's fine. You do it that way. I'll do it my way. It's like, well, Gus, your way hasn't been all that fruitful lately. Kayla, this is your way to do your fun fact. Why don't you tell the audience the one thing that you refuse to change about your life? Just something you're oh. holding on to forever. It doesn't <laughs> matter. You're like, no, I won't fix that. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> this I don't me. think we have enough time for that today. <laughs> I've got oh, one. man. Okay, my go computer, Nick. My computer, this is I, I have a laptop here. It's basically a wired computer though. My battery hardly holds a charge, so I have to have a cord at all times to plug it into the wall. Would it be easier for me to take it to a computer shop, pay a hundred bucks, have him replace my battery, and go back to life as usual? Sure. But I'm not gonna do it. This computer works <laughs> fine, and I just don't I'm just too lazy to take it to a repair shop. I also don't want to be without my computer for like 48 hours. True. I okay. I have one. Okay. I no matter what, am always late everywhere I go. Even when I leave early, something happens that causes me to be late. The world doesn't want you to be on time, Kayla. I guess so. But what is that thing? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Mm-hmm. That is Gus Bradley and me thinking I have more time than I do. I like and you with it. your computer cord. <laughs> I think Cody. it's fine. We all have something, right? What's, what's yours, do. Cody? Nick, were you going to guess what mine was? What, I felt like that's well, what no, I, I wasn't going to guess. What, I was just going to say I do. Like it is kind of insanity because sometimes I'll turn my computer on and I'll sit there without a charger for a while and I'll say, you know what? <laughs> She's holding the charge pretty good today. Maybe <laughs> she just kind of fixed herself. 
<laughs> it just kind of worked. Mine are always the habits I convince myself I'm going to break and never do. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be the person who doesn't watch TV in bed. I'm never going to be that person. I like TV in bed. It's enjoyable. And I'm going to keep doing it forever. I don't care that it's like, boy, I slept like shit last night. Maybe I should do something about that. No, I won't. I'll just watch Unsolved Mysteries at 1 a.m. Wondering why it is the next day I feel so tired. <laughs> I could do something about it, but I'm not going to. It's just reality. The bedtime thing is one for me, too. We could go on and on, but we won't bore you with that today. All right. Are we ready to make our game day predictions? I think so. Mm, I My wonder favorite which way part we're of the show. Hmm. Okay, Where but we have to give scores, right? Score predictions. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to go first? Do you I'll have go number? first. Yeah. I have a realistic one and an overly confident one. Okay. Realistically, I think it's going to be 38-17 Chiefs. Colts yeah, surely are not going to get shut out, right? Imagine saying, yeah, 17. Imagine the realistic score saying they're up 21 points when the game's over. <laughs> complete domination. <laughs> okay, then my overly confident is not that drastic, but 45-17. Okay, so you just think they get that extra touchdown. Yeah. I think because Andy will do this, he'll get up a bunch in the first half. And he'll take his foot off the pedal. So I don't think they'll score into the high 40s like I think they can. Yeah. I think the score is 31 to 7. Oh. I have no faith at all in the Colts offense. I Maybe I should give them more than seven points, but they just got shut out with the Jaguars. The only reason I'm giving them seven is because Michael Pittman is back. That You actually Fair. stole mine. So I have to, <laughs> I have to change. I have to change my... Now, you could just um, say 31 7. Dude, they've scored the, the Colts have scored they they've scored three points in the first three quarters of both their games this year. They scored 17 points in the fourth quarter versus the Texans just to force overtime. So like think about that. The Texans were on their way to like cruising to a victory in week one over the Colts. This is a bad football team. This is a bad team. I had I thought I thought they were going to the playoffs before the year. They might be a top five pick in the draft. So um, maybe they get a garbage time touchdown. Or maybe they just score at some point. But I still don't think this is close. But I'm with you. I do think Andy kind of takes his foot off the pedal. I'll go 27 to 10. I just think it's like 10. I just think it's like 21 nothing at half. Andy gets a third quarter touchdown and then just grinds this damn thing to a halt. They kick a field goal in the fourth after the Colts score one touchdown to make it, you know, oh no, it's. It's 28-7 now, and there's eight minutes to go. And then Andy goes down there. They have some long drive. They kick a field goal, and the game's over. I just – their offense, Kayla, it's just not good. It's – I they haven't scored against anybody. And the Chiefs' defense, to their credit, has played pretty good football for two games. So, you know, I, I have a hard time thinking, like, the, the Cardinals could have scored the way they scored in the fourth quarter against the Raiders, right? They could have let the Cardinals back in. Kyler Murray was doing some incredible stuff. That two-point conversion run was insane. Like, he's just a good enough athlete to cause teams problems. Then they were up against Herbert. And even against those teams, they let up only 24 against the Chargers. So, I don't know. I have a hard time thinking the Colts are scoring ever. I'm calling an audible. I'm changing mine. I'm taking, away, I'm taking away a field goal. Okay. <laughs> I'm just. I'm going to say we get a Pittman touchdown and a Taylor touchdown, and that's it. Okay. So, okay. You, so, you think they only have 10, not 14 now. Or 17 now. Got it. 14, not 17. Yes. Okay. 14, not 17. Can we hand out game balls? Oh, fun. Yeah. Pre, pre-guessing the game ball. Okay. Okay. Because I only say that it's like one of those times when you ask a question just so you can give your answer. Um, I am giving the game ball preemptively to George Karloftis. 
I think he gets not only his first career sack, I think he gets two sacks against Matt Ryan. That is not a fleet of foot quarterback. They're going to have to be throwing a lot because I think they're going to be down. Karloftis is playing a ton. He's already your starting edge rusher. He's been in the backfield. He just hasn't closed one yet. So I think it gets Ryan twice. Why aren't you wearing your George Karloftis shirt? Uh Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You mean my Georgie Porgy pudding pie shirt? Yes, that's the nickname he's going with, Kayla. He's he's sticking oh, with Have it. I not mentioned that on this Wait, podcast? The look on her face was so disgusted. You have a shirt that says all that? <sighs> Can of you go get it? I do. I we haven't talked about... I it's, have in my a... dirty, it's in my dirty clothes hamper, so... It's, it's getting uh, some wear time. Love that. Well, I, I debuted it last night. Okay. I'm a yeah, big t-shirt what... gal, by the way. I will buy any t-shirt. I love a good t-shirt, so... Well, if you got right, $20 well, we and a chat. mailing address, I think... <laughs> yeah, we can chat. <laughs> We made 30 of them. Uh, yeah, uh, that's my nickname for uh, for George Karloftis. You can join the rest of us, Kayla, in going with Furious George, which feels like a much more natural Cute. Nickname. I like that one. Why didn't, you, why didn't you say anything about my nickname? <laughs> she did. She went like this. Your eyes lit up when he said Furious George. <laughs> didn't say anything about can you repeat, P. What was it again? Georgie Porgy? What did you say? <laughs> it sounds so ridiculous when people ask me to explain it. Georgie Porgy Pudding Pie. It's like an, it's old, an old nursery rhyme. Yeah, it's an old nursery rhyme. Um, you know, my my theory on this, Kayla, is that not every nickname has to be cool. You know, <laughs> sometimes we force the nicknames and we try to always find like, what's the cool nickname for this player? What about something that's just funny? That's G Triple P. <laughs> All right. Cody, who's your game ball going to? Just not, completely. I have nothing to add. Yes, that. I'm just disgusted. Do we want to get sure. into like our nicknames or um, we'll, just, we'll just leave it at that for now? Yeah, uh, stay tuned for our week. nicknames. I forgot yeah. about the game ball. They could just be Nick. <laughs> Nick can hand out the only game ball. It's fine. <laughs> the rest of us don't need one. We'll all take George Karloff just in whatever iteration of the nickname we like. Georgie Porgy. It is for there all. There we go. All right. Well, and on that note. It's going to close us out for today. Uh, that is Cody Tapp. I am Kayla Kinnaram. Nick Schwartz with his fantastic tea. Um, we will be back with you with a live reaction after the game on Sunday. Hopefully it is a bloodbath, but that remains to be seen. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you Sunday.